If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to CMO Moves, the podcast that uncovers the human side of game-changing leaders. Hear their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and how they got to become leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. We hope you enjoy their stories, their advice, and take away some tips and inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everyone, Heidi here, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of CMO Moves. I am here with the wonderful Carolyn Dawkins. She is the SVP of Clinique. Hi, Carolyn. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we're glad to have you. Um, Clinique, I I know for me, has been a well-loved brand since I can remember putting on makeup for the first time. And Carolyn, you've been in the role of CMO for a little over a year and a half now, correct? Yeah, so I've I've been at at ELC or Estee Lauder for just over two and a half years now. Um, And and in my current role, um, definitely to your point, focused on taking this phenomenal brand that has this really rich, deep DNA and continually evolving it to ensure that it's relevant for our next generation of consumers, which is such an exciting opportunity. To your point, like this is a brand that so many of us and so many people have grown up with, and there's so much more opportunity, particularly with the lens of, you know, today's consumers want more brands that they can trust. They want more brands that have that straightforwardness. Um, So a really, really exciting opportunity. It's actually really funny. I have three sisters and I remember having a conversation with one of them. We went to get makeup and when you couldn't test any products, there was no matching foundation, none of that, right? They had the whole thing shut down. 
So she ended up buying a bunch of Clinique products that she hadn't bought in a while because she knew exactly what her color was. And she knew that, oh, that that's a good trusted one. So she, it was almost like a rediscovery of some products that we used to wear. We are hearing this so much. We're, we're seeing that there's so many different macro factors that are causing you know so much concern and, and so much additional thought for consumers than ever before. Going back to decisions that they know they can trust and brands that they know will deliver on the promise that they're making, there just continues to be a spike back towards those brands. And throughout COVID, it, it really came through in all of our different categories and all of our different products, which, which is fantastic. And I think, you know, even if you look at some of our more recent reviews and ratings, it's been phenomenal um, the amount of both new consumers who we've always been known for such a, a depth of of trust and authenticity and then existing consumers that have uh, navigated back to us. And I think you'll just continue to see consumers doing this, you know, given the cultural climate that we're seeing um, across the globe. Yeah, absolutely. The boomerang customer. Um, And speaking of boomerang, Carolyn, so Carolyn has an interesting career journey. You started your career working for brands like uh, Kellogg's, Cody, you spent some time on Maybelline brands. So you went into beauty you then went to Google and GSK and then back to beauty, right? So uh, what led you back to beauty or was it really just the brand of Clinique that brought you back? Yeah. So I think for me, I mean, I, I started my career in some exceptional CPG organizations, these true brand builders are thinking about Colgate, uh, P&G and, and Kellogg's and that really infused and I guess grew my obsession with the consumer. I mean, these organizations were exceptional or, or are exceptional at really understanding and putting the consumer first. And so, you know, m- moving to the US, I had the opportunity to work for, for L'Oreal on so many different opportunities, whether it was acquisitions or whether it was global marketing or leading the US marketing for Maybelline, all really sharp um, and expansive opportunities. But I think one of the things that, you know, started to, to really start to percolate in my mind around eight or nine years ago was that this digital and data revolution was going to impact things more than anything else um, a market I had ever seen. And I really uh, was focused on how do I elevate my skill set? How do I make sure I'm ready for that revolution? And that I also differentiate myself, you know, against my peers. And I believe very strongly that if you're going to learn something, you know, you might as well put your feet right in the fire. And so I had the opportunity to to work at Google, which was honestly this masterclass in, you know, understanding the digital platforms, understanding digital marketing. I had the opportunity to set up a data science and a a data analytics org. But what was also phenomenal about this role is that I worked on uh, the global brand lab team. So, you know, that was with top 200 advertisers. So who had a joint business uh, partnership with, uh, with Google. So one week, You'd be working on a challenge from Mercedes-Benz. The next week it might be with Expedia. So I had to learn really quickly how to decode a brand challenge, how to decode the right level of data, and how to craft a really exceptional solution, ensuring that I was, you know, delivering something powerful to the C-suite who would, you know, sit in front of us every week. And so I think building all of that skill set, it really, I, I kind of got to the point where I was like, I, I've got this. I've, I've built out this toolkit. I, you know, you never finish learning. But I was so hungry to get back and, and start applying it to a brand, a brand that I had the opportunity to lead, you know, more end to end, given that's what's in my blood. That's that's what gets me up every day, solving solving a brand's challenge and solving a consumer's challenge. And so the opportunity at Clinique was, you know, one in a lifetime. So um, 
yeah, I think, I think that's, that's been my path. I love that notion. We actually had Carl Laredo, CMO of Wendy's on the show a couple of months ago, and he said the same exact thing. Marketers job is to solve problems. And as long as you always keep that lens, I think you're, you can't go wrong. So your work at Google, that was really like an innovation think tank, right? How do you integrate that now into your marketing organization? Yeah, I think one of the key things that I've I've pulled across is this idea of in order to solve a problem, you've got to think about all of the different layers of the consumer's experience. You've got to think about that full experience. So I really focus a lot on now, like what are the external factors that are impacting that consumer? What are the category factors that are impacting that consumer? And then what are our brand factors that could be impacting that consumer? And it's really about triangulating that. That's where you're going to get to the soul because the consumer is not just a consumer of your brand. And they're not just a consumer of the category. There's so many different factors that are at play. And so brands that understand that and respond to that, I think are having so much more success. I think it also made me so much more comfortable with dealing with ambiguity and the fast pace that is digital innovation. You know, Google moves at, you know, the the speed of lightning. And so is our consumer today. I mean, who would have predicted the rise of TikTok Who would have predicted the pivot to high-touch online services? Who would have predicted that the metaverse is on such a rapid build rate? And I think it it taught me to be comfortable and and look for the noise that's showing that something's about to explode. So I think they're the the, the two factors that I, I really lean on. That's fantastic advice. I think sometimes as marketers, and I can, I I can always say as marketers, because I started my career as a brand marketer um, before joining Adweek. So it's great that I get to talk to brand marketers all day, (laughs) but sometimes we think we're the center of their world. So just having that self-awareness as a brand, I think is super critical and smart. Um, And just take a minute. It's not lost on anybody tuning in so far um, that Carolyn has an accent. So Carolyn, where are you from originally and what brought you? You're in New York now. So what brought you here? Yeah, and I am originally Australian. I am, I am still Australian. Um, <laughs> it's been a while since I've been there, unfortunately. COVID, COVID definitely put a hole in, in a lot of the travel plans. Um, but, you know, early into my career, my, my husband was originally an investment banker and we had an opportunity to, to work overseas. And we had a few options, I guess, on the slate. And we decided, you know, let's, let's go to New York. Let's give New York a, a go for, for a few years. Well, sure enough, you know, it's been it's been more than a decade since, um, but it's been one of the most amazing experiences. I think it, it's definitely this unique blend of the most rewarding and the most challenging experience. It's it's phenomenal to to learn a new culture to I mean, even just trying to understand how to open a new bank account, how to buy a property in a new market, all complex versus, you know, what I was used to. Um, but obviously, you know, all the opportunity of experiencing so much new, it's such a, it's such a dynamic um, culture, especially in, in, in uh, New York. But the challenging side for me, um, just for context, I, I turned up in New York with not, no job because I, I had to. That was going to be my next question. Yeah. I was going to ask you if you like came here already in a role or if you took some time. No, I had, I, unfortunately, I was at Kellogg's at the time. So I had to make a decision to leave, you know, this amazing role. I was in innovation at Kellogg's. Kellogg's is not based in, in New York. Um, and I didn't have a network, right? I didn't realize like the U.S. is very much about do you have a deep network and do you have a solid, you know, a solid track record in market? And so I would turn up to a lot of employers and they'd be like, oh, you see, you know, a really interesting CV, but you've not worked in the US. And so 
you know, I was absolutely committed to, I will stay in CPG. I will crack a blue chip organization. I just need to rebuild, you know, the, the credibility that I have in this market. And so with that resilience and with some exceptional leaders along the way, you know, I've been able to, to land in amazing organizations, you know, L'Oreal, Google, and, and obviously now at Estee Lauder. And I think without that, really challenging experience and that, you know, brave move, I definitely wouldn't be in this role today. And I I definitely wouldn't be having uh, this conversation with you today. So one of the most rewarding decisions uh, I think we, I think I've made. So what do you think landed your, what, what helped you land that next role, your first U S based role? I think, I think, you know, early on in my career, I was always chasing what's the next role? What's the next promotion? What's the next best thing? Is it bigger than what I have today? And I think what I learned is that a career is really about, you know, there's, there's dips in the past, there's pivots along the way that you'll need to make. And it truly is, it, it's a journey and it's not always linear. Um, and I think, you know, I had to kind of make some, you know, left turns and then some right turns to, to get you know, back on a, on a straight and narrow, narrow and, then, and then you do it again. So understanding that, you know, some, some steps are designed to, you know, kind of take you off piece a little bit, but they'll get you back onto an even better path. Um, that's, that was a big learning for me. That's really good advice. Um, I, think, I think there's a lot of people in our community who, especially in our mentor program, who are at that point, right. In their career where maybe they want to do something different, but they keep being told over and over again, you don't have any experience in this or or they want to try something different, but they're afraid how that'll affect um, their career. And I think that's just a good reminder um, that you can take different turns. Um, Yeah, no, I I absolutely knew I wanted to work for L'Oreal. I absolutely wanted to work for L'Oreal and you're right. I didn't have us experience. I didn't have beauty experience. It was you know, I was having great conversations, but it was until I went and got beauty experience in the U.S. that then I was I was able to open that door up. So you're you're right. You, I think and, and taking their feedback mm-hmm. and figuring out well, what am I going to do? What's the plan I'm going to take um, to respond to that? Because I think trying that same thing over and over again um, won't open the door that you're looking for. Yeah. Okay. And I want to ask you, Carolyn, about your team and the brand. What is top of mind for you as CMO right now? Yeah. I think the way I think about it is what makes a CMO successful is above everything else, it is driving growth for the business and growth for the brand. Yet I think what we're seeing now is the way that growth is achieved. It's just rapidly changing. I think you're seeing, you know, consumer behavior shifts. And I think we were seeing some of this right before COVID, but now because of it, the span of, you know, what a CMO looks at and what the marketing team is looking at just continues to evolve. So, you know, Clinique today, we're looking at new products, new channels, new experiences, and the consumer's new ways of buying more than ever before. So I think as a team, the biggest thing that we're focused on right now is is predicting the shifts and then truly understanding when and how to respond. So ensuring that our marketing plans are really future-proofed to capture that consumer. So, you know, I think as a a leader, I'm in constant learning mode. And, And so as a result of that, like what we're really focusing on so much is how do you take that high touch experience that has been in Clinique's DNA, so that amazing skin diagnostic capability, 
from the store and how do you take it to consumers across all touch points? We know that more consumers, you know, experience their brands in social, online, across a multitude of digital platforms than ever before. How does that live across all of our touch points? There's something that we are really, really focused on. I think the other piece we know, like, and every brand is, is really doing this, the consumer's engagement with a brand is first and foremost in, in the social uh, social environments. And that is accelerating at a rapid clip. I mean, uh, the, the next generation of consumers will be doing everything through these platforms. So how are you building a future-proof brand that can really live end-to-end in these platforms? And, and we're really excited about that. I think we're also really focused on how do we be one of the leaders in the metaverse and how do we put our DNA into the metaverse? So one of the things that drives our brand is that we believe in great skin for all. And for us, that means the most inclusive and diverse skin focus uh, in, in terms of beauty. So how do we take that and make sure that we are driving a metaverse that is the most inclusive and diverse experience for consumers? And then our, our product engine, I think, has never been more exciting um, than it is right now. I think we are so focused and we're so sharp. As a brand that's you know been around since 1968, we sit on so much rich clinical data and so much new data coming in every day. We understand the consumer's concerns across so many different layers. I think, you know, better than so, so many brands um, that I've seen. And you see our product pipeline just constantly responds to that. But what's beautiful about our brand as well in that regard is that we deliver it in a very straightforward way for the consumer. They are straightforward, easy to use products. We're straightforward in terms of how we communicate. We're straightforward in terms of what we promise and how we convince consumers that we truly do uh, do work. I want to ask you more about the partnership between marketing and product development, because you're right, it's so top of mind. And to be as responsive and stay on top of consumer input that's coming like a fire hose, right, through all social channels, that's, it's not an easy feat. But before that, let's talk about the metaverse. What was that on-ramp? for you all as a brand into the metaverse? Because oftentimes I think that can kind of halt people from even getting started. Yeah. I think what the, the thing for us that was really important is how do we ensure that it connects back to our brand equity? How do we ensure that whatever we do in the metaverse is not gimmicky, but it is a very focused play that is designed to set us up for longevity and that really allows, you know, a benefit to the consumer, right? So I think the thing for us is, because our equity is so focused on delivering great skin for all. And if you kind of, you know, unpack that, it's about creating a really inclusive and diverse experience for consumer skin. And so we wanted to take that and create a metaverse that is truly, you know, one of the most inclusive and diverse experiences for consumers, knowing that the social environments have been really challenging in that regard. So we wanted to really lean in. One of our key tenants in our brand is optimism and so what better, what better focus than to take that optimism into the metaverse and, and make that a, you know, a really beautiful experience for consumers. I think one of the other things that's, you know, exceptional in our brand is that we have one of the highest retention rates that I've seen inside of a brand. So we wanted to also take this as a new way and a new experience to really continue to forge close consumer bonds uh, with our brand. So Back in October, we, we launched what we called our Meta Optimist. So it was three NFTs. And it was amazing because we were able to, it was very focused on rewarding 
our retained consumers. It was not about selling it to a consumer. It was not about, you know, monetizing. It was about saying to our consumers, we really value you and we want you to come on this journey with us. This is a journey for us. We're a brand that's really was built on challenging the status quo. Here we go again, but we want to reward you in the mix because you, you've been an integral part of our journey. So in order for consumers to have the opportunity to access these NFTs, they had to be signed up to our loyalty program, so our Smart Rewards. And then we wanted to balance giving them something that was obviously, you know, in the metaverse, but then also in real life. So we've given three NFT owners also the opportunity to have 10 years worth of some of, you know, our most amazing best-selling products. Since experimenting and innovating within the metaverse for the brand, have you had any key learnings as CMO or maybe as a marketing team as a whole that you could share with others who are doing the same thing for their brands? Yeah, I think um, I think just just start. I think understand how your equity translates into experiences is is step number one. Like truly understanding that because you will have to be fluid. You will have to be flexible and you'll see new experiences that your brand had never considered before and that will become part of the norm. So what are you anchoring it back on in order to make the right decisions and the decisions that really bring the consumer along with you? I think what's also been exceptional is, you know, really going out there. Once you start, your opportunity then to meet with new partners, new stakeholders, new opportunities, it just continues um, continues to explode I think the third thing is I have an exceptional team who are driving this. They are so obsessed and they are so immersed and they are so hungry to grow in this space and they drive so much of the phenomenal thinking. Um, And so I think honestly investing in talent and giving them, um, you know, the fuel and the empowerment to go and run and as a leader, break down the barriers. I think internal stakeholders and, you know, different leaders in different organizations, it's new, right? A lot of people are not mm-hmm. super comfortable and, and super aware of what is this exact space. Pull those barriers down for your team and, and let them get going because the results for us have been outstanding. I love that because then you'll never get lost. If you're always anchored in how your brand connects, I think then that's, that's what keeps you grounded because you can get lost in uh, literally lost in the metaverse. If you like. <laughs> That's, that's really good advice. And, you know, I don't know if you agree with, if you would agree with this, but it reminds me when social media first came on the scene for brands, right? Cause social media was around for, for a while, but then you start educating leadership on yeah. the value of social media and like why we should have a page on Facebook. And it's a totally different skill that we're going to have to cultivate as leaders to make sure you have the right people on your team and that yeah. everyone is kind of um, knowledgeable about it. I love that you're saying that too. And I think the closer you are to the digital platforms, you can see there are so many synergies between the platforms. I talk about this a lot to my team. Like TikTok reminds me so much of early YouTube. It is so, Mm -hmm. there's so many similarities. And so there's there's so much synergies to be seen across these different platforms. And I think as a leader, if you can see that, and if your team can also decode that, it does make it easier to to navigate um, because these are all pivots, right? Like they may seem really foreign, but they definitely are, um, they're evolutions of things I think we've seen before. Yeah, good point. I was going to say that it's, it's new, but you can find a lot of uh, a lot of connections. Um, and let's talk about team for a little bit, um, because I, I first back to my question about product and and again that feedback loop and 
the real-time input that brands are facing from consumers, right, can be both a blessing and a curse because you want to be responsive, but you also have, you have a brand vision and a North Star. So how do you work with your um, product team, for example, to ensure there's like very consumer first feedback loop in place? Yeah, I think for us, I mean, for a brand that's got a really solid uh, D2C footprint, we have some extremely rich data. And I think one of the things just to, you know, put some context around what I'm saying, I believe really, really strongly in behavioral data versus just leaning into stated data. And I, and I think really starting to stack the data and, and using multiple sources will get you to, you know, stronger sources of truth. I think what's what's been exciting for our team, because we have rich data that we are mining faster and I think more thoroughly um, than ever before, our product development team has also been coming on the journey with us. So, so you know, with my product marketing team and, and my data team, they've really leaned in, I think. They're they're so um they're so hungry as well to understand what's happening in terms of social conversations, search lifting, uh, search lifts, sorry. And we're creating a lot more models, you know, to start to create, well, is there causation? Is there a relationship? Is there correlation? Um, and I'm excited that, uh, that our product development team are, are leaning in. So we've got some really, really unique projects coming in there where, where data is becoming more of the intersect between the two teams. And you, before you became CMO at Clinique, you were over uh, data analytics, correct? Yeah, so before I before I had my current role, I looked after our consumer engagement team, our data analytics and insights, and our global online team. I can only imagine how your background with, with innovation and data and all of that has played a big role in, in your role as CMO. Um, and back to team, how many marketers total do you have across your organization? Yeah, for sure. So in my full team, I have around 50. And and when you think about skills, what, what's most critical for you as, as the leader? I think the thing that's really important for me is that, and I think we know this, right? Exceptional marketing teams, they need to be made up of a talent and a culture that celebrates inclusion and diversity. And then I think at the same time, one that is also focused on constantly building capacity to respond to the consumer's pivots. And I think, you know, it's, it's the CMO's role to, to lead in this area. So really focusing on building the brand's consumer-facing, you know, marketing teams to make sure that they're this, you know, generation of, you know, marketing leaders. And um, I think there's so many different levers that you need to understand what's shifting. And so what I focus a lot on is, you know, constantly developing the talent on our team and ensuring that the talent on our team are really best equipped to to lead into these spaces. You know, they're they're the owners of these spaces. And then I have the amazing opportunity to kind of, you know, orchestrate and and to shift and to to pivot their amazing skill set to win in those spaces. So I focus a lot in terms of what are the capacities that we have today? How do I, or capabilities, I should say, that we have today? How do I continue to evolve those? What are the capabilities that we need tomorrow can I build that on the team? Do I need to borrow it from external partners? Do I need to, to resource it internally? And then also, how do I build a culture that, that starts to foster more, you know, more of that um, psychological safety? And I, I believe very strongly in radical candor. It was one of the, you know, amazing gifts that I had from working at Google. It is such a, a mantra at Google. And it's this idea of, you know, being able to give your humble opinion 
in a way that is really transparent and direct, always delivered, you know, with, with thought and consideration, but more importantly, giving space for others to give it back to you. And so I really encourage this on my team. And um, a lot of my team, you know, are increasingly, you know, comfortable with giving me direct feedback, my peers. I even use it at home. So my my 12-year-old and son and my nine-year-old daughter are very avid believers in giving, <laughs> giving mom some, some radically candid feedback. But no, I think uh, I think creating that safe space is really important because I think to win in this space, we need to be audacious. We need to be taking, you know, bolder pivots, bolder moves, and having that dynamic discussion and debate is what's getting us there, right? I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm not the lone voice in the room. I'm not the lone expert, but having that ability to push and pull, I think it's gotten us to, to such a better place. So I'd love to continue to build that, that yeah. skill set and, and develop that in my team. I could not agree more. And you know, it's one of the things that's come up. We're working on a piece that's about brand and agency relationships with advice from leaders who are now CMOs that came from the agency side. And one of the common threads was just, just be transparent. Let's all be direct. Everyone could benefit from more of that. I'm just picturing your kids. Like (laughs) I have radically candid feedback for you. (laughs) Totally. No, I sometimes say, do you have any feedback? And I'm like, oh goodness, here I go. Oh, I'm going to try this. I'm going to have to with my, with my five-year-old. We'll see. I'll, it'll be an experiment. I'll let you know how it goes. Exactly. Please do. Please do. (laughs) And, um, anything else you would say in terms of advice for, marketers today yeah I I think because there is so much shift there's just so much movement from a consumer from a culture you know from a a category standpoint from even just the way consumers are buying it just continues to shift and I think today's CMO has to have that bravery to understand to really constantly challenge what is coming and then understand when to act on it and I think one thing, you know, one thing to note about me, I'm obsessed with champagne, obsessed with, I, this was a, a COVID thing for, for sure, but definitely became um, obsessed with wine and, and champagne. Um, there are worse things you could be. There are worse things. There are worse things. But you know, there's this amazing quote, right? I don't know if you, if you know, but the founder of Verve is actually a woman and her name, um, you know, it's, it's Madame, Madame Clicquot. And back in 1806, She's in, she's faced with, you know, social norms where women do not run businesses. She has war in front of her. She's just been widowed. She has a three-year-old at home. Yeah, what she does is she radically transforms this business, this champagne brand with both technology and marketing innovations and really ensure that it became such a powerhouse that it is today. And I think there's this amazing quote that she wrote to her granddaughter later on in life, and you can't believe this came in like the 1800s. The world is in perpetual motion and we must invent the things of tomorrow. Be sure to always act with audacity. And that more than than ever before couldn't be more relevant today. So I think about that every day as a CMO. Am I being brave enough to see what's on the horizon? And am I acting and instilling a team to act with audacity. That's such a call to action. I love that. You should have that framed on your wall somewhere, Caroline. I need it. And underneath, <laughs> underneath a bottle of the, the Verve Clicquot, right? Yes. <laughs> exactly. 
hand in hand. Exactly. Well, that that's fantastic. And you know, we have just a couple more minutes. I I want to ask you about our industry. Is there anything you would say in terms of the marketing industry or function at large that you, if you could change one thing about it, what would? Yeah. You no, I I love that question. For me, I'm 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 really passionate about the need for measurement capabilities to advance. I think today, I mean, we've been talking about this for so long, right? But even today, we still lack the transparency needed to understand one view of the consumer and, and to evolve what is our read on the true drivers of growth. And I think whilst the digital platforms, they've been exceptional in terms of our ability to innovate towards the consumer, they really have challenged the measurement capabilities and the transparency even more. And I think this this it's just such a critical time um, it just continues to compound these challenges. You know, just here's a couple of examples, right? Like just last week I was reading an article that, you know, Disney announced more measurement um, capabilities for their advertisers on their platforms, you know, wanting to clean up the capabilities, improve the ability to read key KPIs. They needed to partner with over 100 vendors to make this happen. Not surprising. Yeah. Right? And Great. then you think about everything we've been talking about today, and I think with the rise of TikTok and the rise of the metaverse, Measurement is a, you know, very, very kind of last thought consideration mm-hmm. in terms of what are we going to do to, to really hook all of, all of this ecosystem together. Um, and I would love to see uh, CMOs coming together to influence the industry to do more here. It's, it's been hanging out there for so long because I do think that for CMOs and for marketing teams to be successful, this is important because the challenge is a lot of the measurement we have today, it still sits in this marketing lingo land. Yep. Businesses want to hear us speak in business lingo. They mm-hmm. want us to use business metrics around these true drivers of growth. And I, I think it's a, it's a really important uh, factor that, you know, a lot of us need to lean in on to, to resolve. That's a really big one. Yeah. And you're right. It's, it's been um, a problem for a long time. And I'm, I'm hopeful that there will be some sort of advancements in, in that area, but you're right. It's going to take a, a big group coming together to surface just all the different use cases across um, various brands. And um Well, Carolyn, we are at our last question and it's been so fun talking to you and getting to know you a bit better. Um, But I do have one more question and I want to know if you were not the CMO of Clinique and you had all the money and talent in the world, what would you be doing? Wow. Um, What would I do? I think one of the things for me, so when, you know, COVID first hit, I was really struggling with being pent up indoors all day. You know, I used to hit a lot of exercise classes. For me, doing that in the morning re-energized my mind. It, it gave me more of the, I don't know, more of the mindfulness or I guess the patience I needed to, to manage, you know, a, a long and intense day. And so I couldn't do that anymore. All, you know, classes are shut up. So I started running. And so slowly, you know, every run would be like, maybe it was a mile, a couple of miles. And then I really started to build up. So over the summer, I did, you know, three miles. I started to train towards a half marathon. And I, along the way, I became, you know, obsessed with this amazing um, iFit trainer. Some of you may know um, Tommy uh, Rivers Pussy, who is, he's an exceptional athlete. He's just, just bounced back from this horrific cancer but he is this, you know, one part, you know, running warrior, other part, just this optimist who, you know, delivers life-based guidance 
but you know, I, I followed through a few running apps and I would, I would love the opportunity to take that inspiration along with, you know, some of the, the leadership skills that I've learned along the way to inspire, you know, more people to, to get up more people, you know, to have, to understand the magic of, of movement. Um, and, you know, it would be kind of amazing to, to tackle some of these crazy, grueling, you know, marathons and half marathons. If, if I had all the time in the world, I, I wouldn't mind that challenge. Yeah, I agree. It's like just the power of movement. Like you said, it just is a game changer for your day. And yeah, um, yeah I I'm right with you. I, I would love to look him up. He sounds fascinating. You have to, he is such, such an inspiring story. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, Carolyn, thank you so much for just sharing your journey um, with us. I I wrote down so many notes around how you're approaching innovation and the metaverse and just leadership advice in general. So thanks for being with us today. It's been such an honor and such a pleasure. So thank you guys uh, for having me on. Absolutely. And we'll see you soon. Okay. Take care. Thanks. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and we hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, we'd love your help in sharing CMO moves with one of your friends or colleagues. And please also be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. Better yet, leave us a review while you're at it. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 